This week on episode 534 of Priority One, Kurtzman talks crossovers while Nichelle Nichols dances the night away. In gaming, two new starships are available to add to your Star Trek Online collection. You're listening to a Roddenberry podcast. Command codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 534 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Your weekly recap and review of all the major news happening in the Star Trek multiverse. This episode was recorded on Tuesday, December 7th, and available for download or streaming on Friday, December 10th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elio. I'm Kat. And unfortunately, Roscoe is in the chat today. He's still recovering from the Andorian flu that he got from a huntsman spider that bit his ankle on the Great Barrier Reef. So we wish him a speedy recovery. Clearly, he's well enough to be in the chat, but we're, we miss you, sir, and uh, we wish you a speedy recovery. But, Captains, we do have a very special guest joining us this episode during Star Trek Online News, so stay tuned for that. Before we jump into the news, we want to welcome new listeners to the show and hope you'll stay in touch. You see, this show is produced by a community of volunteers who donate their time and talents because, like you, they're passionate about what Star Trek is all about. You know, community is a really important word here because... Like Kat just said, we are, in fact, a community of volunteers. And in turn, we would love for you to engage with us each and every week. Anytime we talk about a headline that sparks some kind of response from you, emotional, whether you're angry, happy, sad, we want to hear about it so that we can feature your opinions and your comments on our show and start a dialogue with you. So as I normally do during this part of the intro, I do, of course, want to mention our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash priority one because with the support of our patrons, we're able to continue to produce the show. Without them, the lights would go out. We do need to pay for some services to make sure that we can produce the show. But another way that you can help support the podcast is by engaging with us on social media and, of course, by sharing the show with your friends, reminding them that they can get their weekly roundup and review of all the major headlines from the Star Trek multiverse right here at Priority One Podcast. Now let's find out what's been happening in the Star Trek multiverse. I don't know. Then let's trek it out. Considering the amount of new Star Trek series either on screen or in development, you may be thinking it's more than likely that there will be a crossover event of some kind. We've even talked about it on this very show. But turns out Alex Kurtzman is thinking along the same lines. Kurtzman and Sonequa Martin-Green were guests on the new episode of Deadline's Hero Nation podcast, speaking about Burnham's journey into the captain's chair. But the conversation came around to the idea of crossovers, and if that is a real possibility... 
Kurtzman says, yes, but it's got to be good. Quote, here's the thing about crossovers. I think crossovers can be really, really exciting, but they have to exist for a reason. There has to be a great story reason to do it. End quote. Kurtzman said he is yet to come up with the right idea for a crossover as the volume of productions as well as each program's individual identity are distinct, making it a challenge. Quote, because the flip side to doing a crossover wrong is that people are really disappointed and it impacts both both shows. So it's just not a gamble that I would want to take randomly. That being said, it's certainly exciting to think about certain pairings that you're like, wow, what would it be like if those two characters were together or those two crews were together? But I want to be careful about it, end quote. In the same podcast episode, the question was asked about the status of the Section 31 series, which has been in development for some time. The only answer Kurtzman would give was brief, saying, quote, we're in a very exciting place. I can't tell you anything yet, but it's still very much alive, end quote. Links to the interview will be in our show notes. I'm sorry, but I have a hard time believing that they can manage a crossover when they barely know how to manage a story in a single season. I just... Yeah, I was like, yeah, Kurtzman, it does have to be good, and maybe you're not the person to do that. (laughs) And why does he have to come up with the ideas? Shouldn't someone else be coming up with these ideas? Yeah, I I don't know. We did not review on screen last week for episode three of Discovery, just the due to scheduling reasons but i have to say up front right now i am not liking this season of discovery if you were watching updates on twitter from la comic-con this past weekend you undoubtedly saw that nichelle nichols made her last ever public appearance this was also confirmed on her website an inspiration to so many nasa has released a touching thank you video to nichols to recognize her impact on the space program through her efforts to recruit women and people of color to nasa in the 1970s check out the video from nasa in our show notes did you get a chance to see the video of her dancing it is the best thing she was a ballet dancer it was the best thing you will see coming out of this event she gets on the dance floor and she starts dancing with another trekkie in an outfit and it is the sweetest most fun delightful thing i have seen in a long time it is just wonderful i will never forget just the brief second i had with her she took a picture with me she she was kind enough to ask me my name and i told her my real name i didn't say elijah and she was just elio what a beautiful name where is that from and i was like oh it's cuban cuban oh my goodness i I just, I just, I'm getting all the clamped thinking about it. Um, well, if you had not seen Woman in Motion, the documentary about her, you know, efforts in NASA in the 70s, it's an amazing documentary. So you should definitely check that out. Well, here are a few headlines that we didn't discuss, but thought would interest you. Links, of course, will be in our show notes. The story of William Shatner's sojourn into space will be told in a one-hour documentary special, aptly titled Shatner in Space. The documentary will screen on Amazon Prime, as you might expect, seeing as Jeff Bezos, the owner of Amazon, funded Bill's flight. It premieres on Wednesday, December 13th in the US, Canada, UK, Australia, and New Zealand. According to Prime Video, additional territories will launch in 2022. If you haven't been keeping up with the Ready Room with Will Wheaton on StarTrek.com, you really should. Last week featured the new uniform designs for Discovery Season 4 and an in-depth interview with David Ajala, who plays Cleveland Booker. Thanks, of course, will be in our show notes. Well, Captains, that's all the news we have to trek out this week. Now let's find out what happened in the world of Star Trek gaming with a special guest. Welcome aboard, Captain.
Congratulations. High score. Captains, while Roscoe is sick, we were able to land a very special guest host who appeared in our chat, and then we roped them in. Alex from Ship Talking Pod. Alex, thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Priority One. Hey, it's nice to be here. I, I just thought I'd tune into Twitch, and now I'm here on Riverside. And now you're here. This <laughs> is how it happens. That's what happens. That's what happens whenever you reply to one of my announcements in one way, shape, or form. That's how Vegas <laughs> happened. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is true. And that's how the uh, round table happened. And that's how the round table happened. Yes, yes, yes. I yeah. <laughs> you just have to stop replying to my posts. That's just what happens. <laughs> I got to start ignoring you. <laughs> well, thank you so yeah. very much for stopping by and being a part of our conversation on the penultimate episode of Priority 1 for the year. And we're going to talk some starships and uh, Winter Wonderland events. So, without further ado, let's get started. Finally, the ship we've been waiting for, mostly because it's not coming via lockbox, and it's free. The Eisenberg class was announced as the grand prize award for this year's Q's Winter Wonderland event. All you have to do is complete various activities available and gain enough daily progress to fulfill the event's overall quota. You can earn daily progress once per day per account. Back to the ship, though. This ship features a 4-4 weapons layout and an ensign engineering command specialist bridge officer seat and a lieutenant commander universal miracle worker specialist bridge officer seat. It also comes with the great material continuum universal console, which uses a massive network of tight beam transporter beams to strip away enemy hull at a molecular scale. Then it will buffer that matter briefly and then convert the stripped matter into energy that's projected into a protective barrier that can be applied to allied starships even at a great distance. This console also provides a passive bonus to starship drain expertise in all subsystem energy levels. Leveling up this ship will give you access to the ingenious tenacity starship trait. Using this trait and activating any specialist bridge officer ability will briefly grant your starship the ability to redirect incoming damage from energy weapons into shield restoration. A portion of all energy damage received during this time will be translated into shield restoration for the shield facing which the enemy weapon impacts. All right, off the bat, all I'm going to say about the ship itself, aesthetically, it's not my type. Not my type of ship. I don't think that I would fly it. It doesn't appeal to me as a as the type of Star Trek fan that I am. But I will say that it's nice to see a ship honoring Aaron Eisenberg in Star Trek Online. I know from conversations with the developers, I know from seeing it at Vegas, that Aaron Eisenberg became kind of a part of the Stowe family behind the scenes with his contributions, his voiceover work with the game. And then extending that into the community and his involvement with the community, I think this is a nice, you know, a nice way to honor his memory and 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 celebrate his life and celebrate the legacy of his character in Stowe. And it's a free ship to boot. Yeah, that's that's how I feel when I when I saw that it was going to be an event ship, I was like, rightfully so, because I, I think they discussed how they were going to include the Eisenberg class in Stowe eventually. Like, I think Gecko has said before, if it's in the show, we're going to see it in the game eventually. Right. Trademark. And, <laughs> you know, I just had like this little pit in my stomach and in my heart for the longest time. Like, oh, no, I really, really hope we don't have to actually pay money for this ship oh, yeah. because I feel like given the homage that it pays, it would be really inappropriate, I think. But what I think doesn't matter to the cryptic 
strategic marketing department. So, you know, so I'm really glad to see that it's an event ship. And I feel like Yuelio, I'm it's not my type of ship aesthetically or mechanically, <laughs> but I'm going to take screenshots of it anyway because it's the Eisenberg class. So, you know, I'm just going to play the event finals willing. <laughs> For sure. I think, you know, sometimes these event ships surprise you and, you know, they end up being some really fun ships to fly. I think even last year's winter ship turned out being pretty fun to fly. I know the summer event ship was, but yeah, agree with the aesthetics. The 32nd century aesthetic is not my favorite, but yeah, I'm excited about this ship. And I think that they probably knew that the community would not stand for having to get the ship via a lockbox or oh, yeah. a promo. Oh, yeah. a pro- yeah. oh man, not this ship. <laughs> you know they couldn't do that. I would fight. Oh. I would fight. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Been, that would have been a PR nightmare. I mean, look at how upset I mean, people were over Star Trek NFTs that with the Funko Pop thing. Uh-huh. Something like this would would and and rightfully so though. I think, you know, there's there's a mm-hmm. time and place to to try to sell something, but yeah, I I hope that nobody had to send a memo to Perfect World Marketing to say, "Uh, no, we can't sell this ship." Then, you know, honestly, the next ship that I would really love to see them give away or, or do something special with is the uh, Emmett Till. That it's a, it's a mm-hmm. nice ship. The concept oh, art for that nice. ship is really nice, and I think that it's another, you know, it's another name, right? People are going to look up who Emmett Till was, you know, if they're not already familiar with it, bring attention to learn about our own history here in the United States. And again, it's a nice ship. It's a really nice, it looks like a nice ship, the concept art for it, which was done for the Deep Space Nine documentary, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, the, the, the Emmett Till was concept art for the Deep Space like Nine I'm, documentary. I'm failing my podcast now because I'm struggling to remember myself. <laughs> I'm almost certain it is. I'm almost certain they did it for the DS9 doc uh, when they were doing concept art for the eighth yeah. season or, you know, the, the, the reboot. That does sound familiar. It's It's been a while since I've visited or revisited the Emmett Till, but I, I agree. So what about any of these traits or consoles? Nothing kind of speaks, talks, you know, jumps out at you? Alex is balancing her hands, neither here nor there. Is that how you're feeling about it? Six to one, half dozen to the other. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm still in finals brain. I need to like really focus on it and think which build could this fit in and like let the gears turn a little bit and my my brain RAM is allocated to grad school. Right. So that's fair enough. I'll do that in a couple weeks. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> All right, uh, why don't we jump into the next story? By the Prophets, has it been a full week since we got a new Infinity Lockbox ship? Never fear. Cryptic has us covered with another dip into the 32nd Century Fed Fleet Registry. Now available on PC, the Saturn Intel Science Spearhead, Tier 6, will run rings around and through your enemies. Assuming RNG Jesus hears your prayers, that is. Like most 32nd Century vessels, the Saturn's aesthetics are challenging, to put it mildly. Consistent of just a flat ring-shaped saucer with trailing nacelles, it looks rather like the souvenir bottle openers in the Federation HQ's gift shop. On the other hand, at least everything is attached, with no floaty bits to be found. Dr. Hurt ought to be pleased. As a science spearhead with Intel specialization, the Saturn splits its focus between analyzing opponents and blasting the bl- out of them. Commander Science Intel, Ensign Universal Pilot, and Lieutenant Commander Universal Boff seats lend great flexibility 
durability in approaching challenges. The enhanced battle cloak and dual cannon compatibility quickly turns those challenges into past tense. No temporal shenanigans required. The Saturn's Chakram Projector Universal Console leans into the circular theme even further, creating a spinning toroid of plot matter. <clears throat> Excuse me, programmable matter. To sandblast enemies in your vicinity. Ships caught within the Death Donut take kinetic damage with an additional kinetic resistance debuff. You, meanwhile, receive a passive buff to hull and shield penetration with all starship weaponry. Finally, the automated triage tier 5 mastery trait kicks in a combined instant heal, heal over time, to you or an ally within 5 kilometers whenever the subject dips below 50% hull. Automated triage immediately restores 10% of max hull, followed by another 20% of max hull over the next 10 seconds. The trait has a 60 second cooldown, but activating science team or an intel buff ability shortens it by 10 seconds. Note that, although it literally says science in the name, you really shouldn't treat it as a science vessel. Everything about the Saturn may make it a hole in one for weapons builds. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Puns. Oh, panda. This is not a complaint, by the way. So good. However, only one of the mastery package traits improves your exotic damage, and neither the chakram projector nor automatic triage affect it at all. Expect to go cannons, hot, and leave the gravity wells at home. How are the aesthetics on this one? Same 32nd century-ish. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know. How would you describe this one, Alex? Um, you know, of all the 32nd century designs, I feel like this is the one that I relate to more or the most, probably because it lacks the floaty bits. As much as I love the Discovery refit, like, she's allowed to have that. The others, I don't know. But this one, I feel like that negative space in the center of the hull or the saucer really... I, I feel like that could lend to some really interesting screenshots, but I don't personally plan on trying to get this ship. I'm broke, so yeah. Yeah, you know, there's a lot about this ship that I'm just kind of not certain about in terms of its aesthetics. Number one, and the first thing I thought was, how do people get from point A to point B? Do the it, like? I, but I guess in the 30th, 32nd century, everybody's got the transporters, so they just, I guess they just transport everywhere across the ship. But what if you're like Linus? Right, right, yeah. right. Um, and to your point about screenshots and demo record, I wonder if there is in fact negative space. Like, do you think something can go through that? Like a, a game object can go through that empty space, do you think? I bet it's small, though. I, I don't know. Given how hitboxes work in this game, I don't think that they'd actually program a little hole in the hitbox. I mean, that would be really cool. Right, And right. you could, like, Photoshop stuff going right. through that negative to space that I think in game I don't think so. It's just a bunch of phaser oh. beams. Miss me, miss me, miss me. Everybody. <laughs> everybody, I think this is the one that everybody's calling a toilet. Yeah. Oh, no. Where's the toilet, bidet? Right? Where's I the mean, bidet attachment? I want a I want a special console, the bidet attachment. That, there was that that one that people kept calling a speculum. <laughs> oh oh my god. Yes, because it looked like it. I can't remember which one. <laughs> oh, it was the um dang other 32nd centuries ship. They all kind of like blend together right. in my mind <laughs> to make this weird, like, you know, that AI generated art. That's how I feel about the 32nd century ships. They just kind of are like blobs. 
<laughs> is it the Kirk? No, it's not the Kirk one. The, the Kirk actually looks kind of cool. The Earth Defense Force I vessel. That looks like a speculum. <laughs> that looks like either an elephant or a tooth. <laughs> Yeah. So Panda uh, was kind enough to kind of go into uh, analyzing this ship for us. Oh, the courage. All right, the courage. <laughs> and according to his research, he seems that it kind of matches up with the Crossfield, or rather that the Crossfield's kind of its closest comparative starship with a lot of similar specs. I mean, this particular ship, the turn rate is nine versus the refit, which is 11. But, you know, with respect to hull and shield modifiers, you know, not much difference. Same thing with inertia not not that big of a difference so it so movement wise it, it probably performs comparably to the to the cross field but really it's you know with this particular ship layout is who is it really for and how best to play it right because it's not really a full science ship right you, you can't throw gravity well you can't control as much as you might want it's almost like a sciencey escort almost like maybe not even i don't know if i can't use gravity wells on it i'm not interested <laughs> <laughs> i'll keep my cross field that's Thank how you. I feel now about the Section 31 Battlecruiser. I can use gravity well on the Battlecruiser, and I really like it. <laughs> I really like using gravity well. So you don't think you'll you'll chase after the ship, do you, Alex? No, I don't. I I don't think so. It does look neat. Um, I might use if I really want to do screenshots of it. I might use some demo record magic, like find somebody who has the ship already and do things that are really difficult to explain at the moment. Right, right. No, I will. Well, I mean, I'm sure we will are all going to be looking forward to those screenshots and and uh, the awesome content that you produce. But while Thank we have you. you, what are your thoughts on the Winter Wonderland this year? Are you excited for it? Are you getting all all the things. Uh, what are you most excited for? Well, I, sweaters? I I played for a little while, a little while ago. <laughs> I was actually about to edit some screenshots when I was like, I think I'll listen to these guys on Twitch, and that's uh, and now I'm here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I feel like there aren't really any new events. The, I'm trying to get the ship for reasons that I already have explained. The new sweaters are kind of cool. I I look forward to when they're no longer bugged. <laughs> That's right. And we can yeah. actually buy all of them. There is one thing I seem to recall the blog. I, I meant to check it. Did the blog mention that there was going to be a glacial winter jacket too? Because I know there's glacial epos. Mm, I didn't see a jacket, just the sweaters okay. and the batlet or the oh, whatever the... the weapon is and then the epo. Right. Yeah. They're, like My one little, little tiny disappointment is like last year we got, for the summer and winter events we got rainbow themed caracals and tribbles and then in the winter mm -hmm. event we had like matching rainbow themed uh, epos and jackets and it's like last summer we got the transcendent tribble and caracal and winter's like glaciers I don't know and it, it just and scarves too rainbow scarves and I just think like how excited a lot of my friends were last year like oh my god given this trend next year we're gonna get like trans like flag jackets and scarves and stuff and now it's like eh, make it yourself <laughs> oh i see what you're saying so, so that th th this was a missed a opportunity for there to be mm -hmm. some kind of yeah raise some kind of social awareness to something yeah 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 i can see that because they they basically did that with the rainbow stuff whether it was an intentional thing or not you know your lgbt players were like yes 
which is awesome. Yeah. And then when the Transcendent Tribble and Caracal came out, a lot of LGBT players, especially transgender players, were really excited. And I feel like they kind of got a short end of a stick, even though I doubt this was an intentional short, it still kind of sucks. <laughs> and I'm just thinking about how disappointed my, some of my friends are, and I'm a little disappointed, but I'm, I can't really invest that much energy into it right now. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that's a that's a great point. I mean, especially for these events, especially if it's not if it's an event that doesn't have any new playable content, mm -hmm. why not take every opportunity possible to raise a raise the voices of those who are often silenced in some way, shape, or form, or to another mm -hmm. cause, or you know, maybe to you know choose a cause and and uh, and commit to it in some way, shape, or form. I just you know yeah. with that you know as you mentioned that the fact that there isn't playable content this year um or new playable right content, new playable content right. this year the, but they I didn't even switch it. up yeah i'm like but they <laughs> didn't even switch anything up like you could alter it somehow to make it a little different but it hasn't been different for a few years now it's just been i these mean things. when was i think i saw the crampiri spectator wearing a hat but if that's oh. a new change it's right. like yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to admit, I you know the, these are cool. If I if I have any leftover ornaments and stuff, I might get you know some of the, the one or two of the sweaters, maybe the glacial bat left. You know, I'm I'm a fan of the Tron blue kind of looking things. Yeah. But I, I can't remember the last time I actually went through a winter event and like logged in daily because I was eager for something. As much as I would like the the Eisenberg class, if I get it, I wouldn't be too disappointed. If I didn't get it, rather, because after ten years, I don't really want to skate anymore yeah you know it takes like two minutes you can't log in for two minutes and get a free ship no because when i log in for two minutes i end up spending 20 reorganizing my inventory <laughs> But yeah. you can sort it. <laughs> I know. I hate the sort. I hate the, the, the lack of features for sorting. <laughs> I I want more sorting filters. Me too. <laughs> sorting filters and sorting options. Yes. I would love yeah. to filter by by equipment type or sort yeah. sort by equipment type. I want all that my would be really nice. like ground jackets in one row, and that's how I organize myself. This is very OCD, I know, but that's how I organize my inventory. It's this is why we're friends. It's, yes, I have a row. <laughs> it's a row of ground like tops bottoms kits a row for engines a row for if it if it gets out of whack i'll spend an hour reorganizing my inventory and it has happened yeah, oh see. my god <laughs> wow i'm just like son of all a, right then i'm just like thing. whatever yeah. my inventory's full throw stuff away <laughs> don't get me started on the R&D. The R&D, I don't even bother. Because if I looked at the R&D... I can't look at I that I can't tab. look at that tab. I can't. I can't. Mm -mm. <laughs> yep. It's just a lost cause. I need the Coat Milot to go into my inventory <laughs> and the R&D tab. <laughs> Choose to live inventory. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope that you all enjoy the Winter Wonderland event. And if it's your first time, then, and you're listening to the show, be sure to reach out to us and let us know what you think of the Winter Wonderland event. I'm always excited to hear about new players or players who don't play often and log out for yeah. a while. Uh, reach out to us and let us know your thoughts about the Winter Wonderland event this year. When you're jaded about things, it's so exciting to hear like new perspectives. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then I'm so jaded. I've been jaded. doing this for seven years. Right, right. But then I'm I, so jaded. I'm like, well, back in my day. Play. We had to skate uphill going both directions. <laughs> we didn't have frosty boots back then. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my! Those snowballs aren't gonna throw themselves. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Back in my day, we didn't have snowball launchers. We had to do them manually. We had to craft them. We had to. Th- we had to gather the snow. <laughs> we had to bend over in the snow in the cold. Our backs froze. Were you th- maybe too far? Were you there for the great Yoda controversy? You know, like one of those. Oh, you yeah. weren't there for that. You weren't there for that. You're not a real player anymore. I'll leave it at gatekeeping. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we jump into Armada news, we do have a quick gaming roundup from other Star Trek games or other consoles. The United Earth Defense Force vessel is now available in console Infinity Lockboxes. Xbox and PlayStation players don't have to avoid talking about the elephant in the room or not in the room, as the case may be. Remember, Captains, to learn more about these gaming headlines, be sure to review the show notes for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com. And if you're playing Xbox or PlayStation, let me know what you think of the Matrix Awakens Unreal Engine experience because I don't have a console and I'm really sad that they're not bringing it to PC. But that's my only Matrix reference this episode, I promise. Oh, I just forgot to drink. Yes. Well, thank you so very much. And why don't we just remind everybody who's watching how they can follow you, where they can uh, catch you. Oh, yeah. So I pretty much live on Twitter. Uh, My handle is at Fane. That's (laughs) R-U-R-I-N-N-F-A-N-E. Well, we'll be sure to uh, include your links in our show notes. Alex, thank you so very much. I know that you must be exhausted. It's great to have fun with doing stuff yeah, like this, though. Yeah, for sure. For oh, sure. I love your calendar shots, though, P.S. Yeah. I have been following you. I love your calendar shots. They're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that so much. <laughs> well, before we wrap up gaming news, Kat, you do have some updates from the Armada. I do have some updates. If you weren't aware, please join us every Thursday for TFO Thursday, where we team up together to run TFOs. Also, join us on Saturdays when we do a live stream where we play missions together and talk about the latest news in Star Trek Online. We also have a shout out and an update and a tribute to one of our most valuable members, Admiral Bulls, who we lost last week to cancer. We're all very sad and uh, we're coming up with a really good tribute because we have our 200th live stream coming up. So be sure to tune in and pay tribute to Admiral Bulls. I didn't have that opportunity of really engaging or interacting with him, but uh, it's apparent that he had an impact on the Armada. Our Discord channel and chats were very active during the news and, you know, it goes to show how much of an impact members of a community can have and you've never even met them before. I mean, Alex, you and I have had this conversation several times now, you know, during Vegas and and, and then for our roundtable. How amazing it can be to be gamers, especially in a time like ours, where we can't even get together with family or friends in some cases, but a community like Star Trek Online, gaming in general, offers us an opportunity to connect in ways that uh, are often overlooked. Yeah, you know, you you don't even realize how much support you get from your members, and um, Bulls was, you know, a supporter of our Patreon page. He supported mm-hmm. us financially. He gave us his time. He was one of our senior officers. You know, he was always available, um, you know, when he wasn't ill to help people. He'd give you, you know, he was so helpful and kind to every Everyone. And, you know, of all the stories we've been hearing and seeing on the Discord, everyone just commenting about how much he helped them in game. You know, he was always there to help. Well, Captains, on, on that unfortunate note, we wrap gaming news. Now we look on screen for the latest episode of Star Trek Discovery. On screen. Computer. 
set Star Trek Discovery Season 4, Episode 4, All is Possible, on screen. Navarre rejoins the Federation, but only after Captain Burnham provides the only acceptable solution to a proposed amendment to the agreement. But I really have to point out here that if the original agreement hadn't been signed at that point, you don't need an amendment, but I digress. Book gets some much needed grief counseling from Culber, and finally Tilly gets some time off, leading an away mission with some academy cadets, and ultimately decides to become a teacher. This episode was directed by John Ottman, written by Alan McElroy and Eric J. Robbins, and premiered on December 9th, 2021. All right, let's jump right in. Kat, why don't you go first? What are your overall thoughts about this particular episode? Well, I, I was actually pretty surprised where this episode went. I was not expecting Tilly to like rethink her entire career path. So that was really interesting, I think, and sad because, I mean, I can't even imagine Discovery without Tilly. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was, I mean, obviously that was a big moment but you know there were some other really cool moments that I loved like the Cronenberg he's just so cool and when he tells Tilly about you know the people's perspective on them when they came to the future I thought that was kind of neat the book in Culber therapy session (laughs) was I thought was really was really good so I don't know I like I liked a bunch more scenes in this episode maybe because there wasn't too much Burnham drama is there anything about this episode that you might have done differently or was there a scene that really I mean the whole negotiation of the agreement obviously did not because <laughs> I'm like wait you want an amending agreement that's not even finalized yet what the hell uh, I thought the solution where Burnham is the, the you know the compromising committee member I mean that was come on that was a little they could have come up with something a little more unique maybe right 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 yeah I I'm struggling to enjoy this season of Star Trek Discovery. Uh, This show either is not for me or is just poorly written. I feel like Star Trek Discovery can't decide whether it wants to be a movie or if it wants to be television because the season starts, I mean... uh, at a level 10 with the destruction of Quajon, right? And, you know, this whole unidentified planet-hungry wormhole black hole-ish kind of thing. And then we have an episode like this that puts the brakes on real hard. Yeah, but don't you... About don't that you issue. Don't you think there may be... We're, are trying to be a little more episodic or standalone episodes where it's a, you know, an arc within... May, maybe they were trying something new this season with the episodes where there still is an overarching storyline, but then there are some individual moments, you know, because this one was Tilly heavy, thankfully, which made it amazing. I still I love her. <laughs> it, it, this particular episode wasn't bad. Actually, it was very, uh, very much a traditional Star yeah. Trek episode episode, right? Where it was, you know, a ground mission where, you know, these cadets have to learn, these young ensigns have to learn, Starfleet officers, Tilly being in that position where she herself is also learning, the conversations between Book and uh, Colber, of course, another, you know, these, this was very much a Star Trek episode and it wasn't bad, nor were the performances bad in any way, shape or form. It just, it, it, in the grand scheme of the season itself, itself when it starts off so high octane to, sl- to where where the the peril of this season is this unknown anomaly to suddenly divert away from that and th- th- and discoveries 
done this before, and this has been a criticism of mine before, where suddenly it just, it, it's like you hit a brick wall going 50, well, going yeah, 60. Yeah, I kind of see what you're saying. Like, it's a, it's, it comes at you really fast, and then, like, this episode, we're focusing on, like, a tea service from the Vulcan president to Saru, because, hello, what's going on there? <laughs> yeah, and so I, I think that Discovery overall has a pacing problem, where it starts off, like, the 2009 J.J. Abrams Star Trek film, and it's captivating, and lots of explosions, lots of action, lots of things to keep your attention. But then when the, when an episode like this, and even the one prior, Choose to Live, where they divert away from the this cataclysmic event that is the biggest thing since the burn. And mind you, the burn was just taken care of a week ago, right? You know, like just it, the, the burn didn't have the, the solution to the burn just happened. And this is already the biggest thing. I mean, you like, it's yeah, just weird. I feel like maybe they could have like opened the seer, you know, the season with like these this episode or the one before like yes, hey we're yes, giving people yes. dilithium for free and then there's drama and then we have you know the what are they calling it the dw i forget now but yeah something like that. <laughs> i'm like sorry this weird the, the thing <laughs> the big the big thing that's right everything. so maybe they could have built up to that i don't know i think you agree about the pacing like maybe they could have done that a little better but as far as episodes go i really did like this episode yeah i mean again very traditional Trek. It was it, it was about the characters. It was about you know slowing things down a bit. And I think you're right. I think that if the, if I had to if I could do a machete order of this season of Discovery, this would have been perhaps the first episode where it's a gradual build to this new galaxy shattering anomaly and then the rest of the season you know either either rises and falls a little bit like a roller coaster but yeah it just you know it pulls me away it, it keeps me from enjoying an episode like this because in the back of my mind i'm going what are they doing about the anomaly why oh, well if i the thought anomaly, they explained you know, that because she's like oh the vulcan science or navarre science academy yeah, they're, they're all, all working on it and obsessing it about it I, like i don't know <laughs> I, I get it but it's like a one-line exposition kind of thing and and again in terms of the pacing I think that just these episodes seem out of order to me I mean maybe if if they had a scene to show like what they were working on at that moment that might have helped maybe maybe but again it just it we start off going 100 miles an hour and then we hit the brakes real real hard and so I, I wish that they planned the story better I wish that they planned the pacing a little better and I agree to your point you know why is it that Burnham again has to be the savior of this of this thing you know the president just an episode or two ago actually in the first episode doesn't fully trust Burnham yet and yet now all of a sudden Oh, okay, now I'm gonna test you. Like it's just, it's it. It felt shoehorned. Mm -hmm. Burnham and and Burnham putting herself in that. Uh this negotiation felt shoehorned instead of it being a legitimate intervention, a, a, a legitimate involvement. It was, well, we, you know, Burnham's the, the key to this universe. Right. Now. Well, may, yeah, if she hadn't, if Burnham hadn't have spoken up to the Navarre president and just stayed silent and then the president instructed her to solve the problem, I mean, that might have been a little better. I don't know. But, and why did she have to be the, the chair of this committee? Like, I don't understand why oh, she had well, to be the she one. Because she, 
he's a Navarre citizen and a Starfleet officer. But there have to there has to be somebody else. That, I know, that, right? You guys don't trust anyone else that you've known this whole time. And it's not just it's not just that, but like Burnham already has got a whole bunch of stuff on her plate. You know, like she's spearheading this whole thing about the the massive anomaly. Like, okay, so now you know we're gonna she's got to make time for this. You know, hopefully she can zoom into those meetings <laughs> right. because I would assume that she's gonna be off trying to take care of the anomaly. So it just felt she felt shoehorned for in that in that particular plot. But Mary Wiseman's performance was fantastic. The conversation between uh, Book and Colbert against great performances by Wilson Cruz and, and David Ajala. You know, again, I, I think I would have enjoyed this episode if I was able to watch it out of order or maybe have binged it. Maybe in a binge, I wouldn't feel like we hit the brakes so hard. Yeah. So maybe that's a problem too, is that they're still they in that pacing and and doing a week to week show. They are they can't quite get the formula for how to manage that. Well, I would recommend watching Mary Wiseman's interview on uh on the the Ready Room. Oh, I oh, did, I God. did, Wasn't I did, that I did. Touching. So it, it was, it was incredibly touching, and it's good to know that Tilly's not gone because I really thought for a second that you know this I was. I know, a, I did too. I'm like, oh my God, her. is she gonna do something else? Has she quit the show? This yeah. Yeah, I was really, yeah, it just, it came out of the blue and it was good to to hear her confirm that from Mary Wiseman on the ready room with Will Wheaton, the after show, that this is not the last of Tilly. We will be seeing Tilly again. Well, I'm glad about that because like I said, it's not Discovery without Tilly. And I saw somewhere that Jet Reno was coming back and that needs to happen immediately. Uh, Apparently we can't have too many people in the same stage, sound stage at the same time. So now that Mary Wiseman's not going to be in the story. Now they can bring in Tignataro. No. I'm kidding. I don't, I'm just, like, you know, maybe? I don't, I, I don't who know. <laughs> who has, who but has like, who knows what, what she's been up to? We have, since we haven't seen her. Right. That wraps up this week's on screen for Star Trek Discovery. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Captains, hailing frequencies are now open and we're ready to receive all of your incoming messages. This week we asked, which item from this year's Star Trek Online Winter Event are you most excited for? Here are the results from our poll. 80.2% of the votes went to the Eisenberg-class ship. Well, that's a big shock. (laughs) Not not really. The new Lower Decks Christmas jumpers. Jumpers? We call them sweaters here in the U.S., Roscoe. No, I think that was was James. Oh, that's James. Okay, James. (laughs) Uh, 19.4% of the votes for the these sweaters. The new minty blue Batleth. No one voted for the Batleth. What the heck? No one was excited about the Batleth? Christopher Settle replied via Facebook, the Eisenberg class, the only 32nd century ship not behind a lockbox. David Collins replied also via Facebook, the Eisenberg by far. It's such a good move by Cryptic to make this a free earnable ship in memory of Aaron. A lot of respect for them for that. And on Twitter, Captain BG 2301 replied, I am absolutely excited for the Eisenberg class. Finally, a 32nd century starship that is accessible to all players instead of in a lockbox. The lower deck sweaters are amazing too. We'll definitely be picking all of them up. Also via Twitter at Stu1701, the barrel. I'm assuming this is referring to the Eisenberg class ship because I don't know what else is barrel shaped that we're getting in the winter. Aren't, we get, aren't you getting a Torg in a barrel and like a little... Oh, 
it is the barrel. No, that's not. There is an actual barrel. Wait, that's what he's referring to. The Warnog mm -hmm. barrel. Yes. Thank you, Kel MG. You can get the rescue targ with the Warnog, or you get an actual barrel of Warnog, which is unclear if you get like an emote to drink the Warnog when you get the barrel. What does the barrel do? Follow you Probably. around? Does it even do that? I don't know. Well, I need to log in and get my sweaters and to get my targ. Well, that wraps up episode 534 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. But there are more great shows available to you on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Just visit podcasts.roddenberry.com for a complete list. Then be sure to subscribe to them all and share them with your friends. We can't forget to send a special thanks to some of our Patreon supporters like David K. Retley, Peter Archibald, and Gerald Bosch. Captains, it's important to us that you get your voice heard and that you participate in the conversation. Leave us a comment or voice message on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast or find us on twitter and instagram at priority one pod and if you're still craving more be sure to spend time with winters anthony thomas gray me plus the rest of the priority one armada saturday nights the armada broadcasts live to review the latest news from star trek online and the armada community including spotlighting some of our amazing members with regular giveaways there's something for all stow players whether you're new or a veteran follow us on all our social media accounts for broadcast times and if you'd like to join the Armada, visit PriorityOneArmada.com. This episode of Priority One is brought to you by our patrons through Patreon.com. You know it's the holiday season, so if you cannot become a member of our Patreon family and take advantage of all the awesome additional content we provide you, then perhaps you would be so kind as to like our posts about our episodes or even go so far as to share them with your friends. Letting other people know that they can get their weekly roundup of Star Trek news right here is another great way to show your support. Don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency podcast at guardfrequency.com. Each episode, the Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. And Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to heroesrisepodcast.com to discover their secrets. This week, our intro and closing were edited by William. Gaming by Gray. On screen by Alex. Thanks to our producer Jake and associate producers Shane and Thomas. Together they help us organize and write up our summary of the weekly headlines from the Star Trek multiverse. Thanks to our graphic artist Alejandro with support from Jason of the Priority One Armada. Thanks to our social media managers Sarah and James. Thanks to the composer of our theme music Chris Watts. But most importantly a big thanks to you the Star Trek community our listeners because without your ongoing support none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Ready weapons. Engage.
Viacom CBS breaks into digital. Oops, Give me mine. This week on episode <laughs> in gaming, two new starships. <laughs> This console also provides a passive bonus to Starship drain expertise in all subsystem energy levels. Give me that last part again because the cat tail whipped the mic. (laughs) Could you hear that? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. She's looking at, I don't know. The Saturn's Chakram projector universal console leads into the circular theme even further, creating a spinning toroid, 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 toroid. (laughs) It's toroid. Toroid. I did not read that word. Or find us on Twitter and Instagram. I just bit my tongue. Oh, no. With regular giveaways, there's something for all Stoke players, whether you're new or a veteran. Wait, my voice is all messed up now. I don't need to fill in. I don't need to fill in the air, the dead air. I can just let this roll. I can just let this play because the cat just jumped off on the on the desk. This is this is great radio right here. <laughs> this is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.